W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Ho, 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 Carl. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome again, I must say. Take two for our Christmas Day Spectacular. He's busting my balls. He's busting my chops over here. Yeah, um, Carl Mike, is... Let me be the first in 2023 to wish yeah. you a Merry Christmas. Merry Carl, Merry Christmas. May I be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas in Thank you, Michael. Why well, we should sing. We should, we should sing. Carol, the mm -hmm. official LWA FLM Christmas Carol. Okay, it's a Christmas Carl. All right, it's a Christmas Carl. Here we go. Christmas, 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 Christmas. I don't know the lyrics. I just know the the chorus. Yeah, and I think the the chorus goes Christmas, comma Christmas. I forget that comma. It's a real toe tapper. We are very excited every Christmas. By the way, Merry Christmas. Merry we Christmas. do a special Christmas show. We don't watch the bad Christmas movies. We know they're out there. However, yeah. as a bad movie fan, we know bad movies premiere on Christmas Day. So if you're listening right now, you're probably listening first on Mutiny Radio, where we stream first on every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're also a podcast by our acronym and on YouTube by our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie every week. This week, we're skipping it. We're celebrating the movies we like by celebrating Christmas Day releases. Right. It's 10, Carl, to either be the worst movies in the world or really, really good movies. Right, right. Let's go through the, the categorization list. 
Sure, certainly. We had boiled it down. This is our eighth show where we watch Christmas Day releases. We're going to be watching the trailers for the ones from 2023, and they could generally be boiled down to four categories. One, which we just mentioned on top, really bad movies. Yeah, dumps. Dumps. Four nights, uh, four rooms, excuse me. Just uh, Wendell and Holmes. Just stuff, you know, you want to get out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's what we celebrate. However, there's more. Because of the Oscar rules, a movie has to be eligible if it was released in 2023. So for decades, the trick is you release it as as the rules indicate in limited runs in New York and Los Angeles, and they do it on Christmas Day. That qualifies as a 23 movie. They get o- over o- over Gleiberman. It's been a long time since I read Entertainment uh, Weekly, mm-hmm. but you get like all the movie critics to rave about your film, and then you use that buzz. Uh, when the movie is released and wide release. So that's so they, what we have They here. dump it in order to qualify for the Oscars. Then if they get an Oscar or a nomination, they get to brag about that when it releases to us uh, regular people. Yes, that's plebes. Okay, so we have the bad movie dump. We have the Oscar nomination dump. Then we have, I don't know, really smart movies mm-hmm. that you don't normally see released on a Friday. Right. Stuff like Hidden Figures, uh, the Ruth, Ruth Ginsburg's uh, yeah. biopic, mm-hmm. and uh, like uh, adaptations, you know, like heavy novels or, or plays. So, uh, so all right, so we have that movie stuff. dump, yeah, lady stuff, yeah, but smart lady stuff, heady, like stuff. heady, heady stuff. You know, if you're a female audience member, you might be interested in Hidden Figures. You have to wait till mm-hmm. Christmas Day for that to be released. Uh, and then finally, Carl, our last one. Listen, I just want to say I am interested in women's figures. Uh huh. You Either you wanted your money or back? Not. I, excuse me, manager. I want my money back. I just saw hidden figures. They were on the screen. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't and vanity projects. Yeah. So this is we're just using this as a catch-all phrase. It could be like real vanity project, or it just so happens. Basically, it's a celebrity directing a movie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. Uh, her movie was released on Christmas Day. Uh, Denzel Washington has several movies released. Three movies released on Christmas Day. Uh, we've we've covered all these films, but we have a new batch, and we'll categorize them by our yeah, LWAFLM Christmas Carol uh, chart. So we rate one Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. So anyway, we have a playlist set up. I should, first off. This year would not happen without Carl rocking it as producer. You know, we usually have a celebrity comedian countdown that Carl produces. You heard the theme song Carl wrote. Every week he usually researches a movie. I say usually because I've been doing a couple switcheroos. You have been, yes, quite a bit. So, but this is where we kind of just slow down. Next week we have a special year in review. We'll talk about all the movies we watched this year. Love to hear some feedback. Uh, But I'd love to hear some feedback. I don't want to hear any feedback. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> anyway, um, I would love for you guys to check out the playlist I assembled personally on my YouTube account. I have a YouTube account. It's yeah, you're a bit of a producer. Yeah. Well, so I every year uh, we've done this show. Every year I set up a playlist, and if you check out previous playlists, you'll see a link to the, uh, our archive show, our audio show. Uh, so anyway, go ahead, go to YouTube. And type into your search engine, not a movie, but my YouTube channel, Spiegel Mania. Wow, look at this. A box within a box. 
my last name is Spiegelman. Uh, I got a nickname Spiegelmania for a show years ago. Uh, and so that's my social media handle. So you can find me, it's spelled S-P-I-E-G-E-L-M-A-N-I-A, Spiegelmania. Not to be confused by Brett Gelmania. All right. Now it is a channel. Look at that list of movies you searched before, Carl. It's all <laughs> great stuff. Okay, so yeah, it's called Christmas Day Movies, and I, I don't know. I labeled it eight, 8 with the Roman numerals, 2023. You'll see all the movies that are being released uh, this tomorrow, Monday, December 25th, 2023. Depends on when you hear this. And uh, I, we're going to watch them, and uh, Carl has done research on it, and uh, excited. We have a couple. We, well, I'm going to say let Carl do it. I just, Carl, I just got to say, this is a much more exciting lineup this year mm -hmm. than last mm -hmm. year's Christmas Day selection. Last year, Christmas was on a Sunday. It seemed kind of redundant to release a movie just uh, you know two days after the usual Friday release. Right. So last year, the really only American release was A Man Called Otto. Right. Yeah. Tom Hanks, and it was a remake of a uh norwegian or swedish film i forget but something from from uh northern europe okay so that might be a smart movie well uh yeah i guess um yeah i have a hard time categorizing that one because it wasn't really smart it was for a general audience do you um, think it was like an oscar bait get, could that's more likely because yeah. uh, Tom Hanks is very often like, if you're going to have an Oscar, let's get Tom Hanks. Because, you know, they, he's a darling of the uh, Academy. Cool. Well, it was kind of a slow week, as they say, last year. But this week, is, this year, it's different. Carl, t uh, we have the playlist. Take it away, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to start with The Color Purple. Uh, now, The Color Purple, it's a Warner Brothers film. It'll be released on Christmas Day, of course. Originally, it was going to release on December 20, but they switched it with Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, uh, oh, Warner okay. Brothers did. And I'm not clear on why. I tried to look it up, and it said that Aquaman needed more time to finish up the CGI. But the release date was they switched for was earlier, so that doesn't make sense. I couldn't get the answer. But this, I think, is ridiculous. It is now a musical, okay? Sure, it's been on Broadway for years. Right. They made a Broadway musical, and now they're adapting it to film. Now, The Color Purple was a good film. I mean, it was a Steven Spielberg film. I'm not a fan of Whoopi Goldberg, because she's out there and boisterous and loud. But in that movie, she played a timid little thing, and she did it great. Somebody filled with fears, you know. Um, Oprah played a all I'm saying is that was a good film, and I don't think it's a good idea to make it a musical, but I'm I'm not in charge of the world, am I? So well, we should mention that it's not the first time this has happened. The producers became a Broadway musical and then became a, a theatrically released movie. Uh huh. Airspray was a musical and then it was released no, but, as a musical. Yeah, but okay, there was a book in um eighty-two by Alice Walker, a serious book. The Color Purple. And then there was a serious film in 85 by Spielberg. Why do you make this serious subject matter and everything into a musical? We'll have to let Stephen Sondheim answer that. I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really tap the, uh, <laughs> tap the ivories of the piano. I don't hit the floorboards. 
Now, there were two people who were in the musical that will appear in this uh, film. One was Daniel Brooks, and you might know her from Orange is the New Black. Her Broadway debut was The Color Purple. Great. Um, she won a Grammy Award and a Tony Award, nominated for a Tony Award, but she won a Grammy Award for the music. Then there's uh, Fantasia Barrino, and this is her film debut. She was in the stage musical. She's an American Idol winner. Yeah, I remember. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Should we, should we watch it and talk over it, or do you want to? No. No. Okay. No. This will be produced by Steven Spielberg. This was produced by Steven Spielberg and Quincy Jones, but also Scott Saunders, who was the stage musicals producer, and Oprah. Oprah herself is a producer. Don't you um, feel confident with all these people behind it that no. it might work? No? This is okay. a horrible idea. When we watch the trailer, you see what well, we don't really see musical numbers. You see them like yeah. in a, well, we'll see it in a second. And can um, I say, as a guy who curated this playlist, there was two trailers that were different enough. One kind of leaned on the story, and the one uh -huh. I kind of put on the playlist kind of reveals at the end that it's actually a, the, a musical retelling. Right. Yeah. I think that's the better choice, you know, because that's what it is. Also, the story uh, bugs me out. The guy who wrote the screenplay, Marcus Gra Gardley, there's not much great to say about him, except he's from West Oakland, California. Great. Is that great? Oakland, oh, yeah, hey, that was just, uh, yeah, tri-state area of the Bay Area. So in in 2018, it Warner Brothers started making noise that they were going to do a, uh, a musical of this. And they started filming in March, and they were done in July of 2022. So they spent four months. This was interesting. It was on Jekyll Island. Do you know that island? No. Jekyll Island is off of the coast of Georgia, and it's very famous with conspiracy people because that's where they had a super secret meeting in the 1800s to make the Federal Reserve Bank. So it's one of those oh, push-button places for conspiracy idiots. I prefer the, the other island, the Hyde Island over the Jekyll Island. <laughs> Jack, uh, Hyde Island is a scary place, though. It's oh, dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I want to point out that there are two cool people in this film, and one is our buddy, Louis Gossett Jr., and the other is David Alan Greer, who's hilarious. Okay. All right, he I'm really excited. In this. Don't, don't rush me to go to the trailer. Okay, now... <laughs> This was directed by Blitz Bazawool, who the whole world knows, and I don't know. He's got a cool name. He's professionally known as Blitz the Ambassador. Um, he's from Ghana, and he started out really as a rapper, a songwriter, a record producer. But he, in, he, he like by the late 2000s, he had four studio albums under his belt. But he made this transition to a film director. Um, in 2018, he did The Burial, burial of Ko Kojo. Huh. And in 2020, he did uh, Black is King, which was a Beyonce film. And he got a Grammy for that. It was his first one. Um, so he knows so how to do music. What's that? He's a music uh, video director doing a yes. music. So he's the right guy, I guess, to pick for this. Now, the world knows about him. I didn't know about him until we we uh, did this uh, show. So I let's go to the trailer now. 
Very excited. Again, you can find the trailer on my YouTube channel, Spiegelmania. My name's here on the video, and you can find it on your playlist. And by the way, there is a video that plays when you go to my playlist, and I just want to thank you in advance for watching my video. Oh, that's a very funny video. I know it. How come you don't laugh none? Ain't you got something to make you just smile? You've been hidden figures. Can I have full disclosure? I've never seen the color purple Schindler's List or Jaws. And I ain't seen her in years. Or Jaws? Or Jaws. You ain't gonna laugh. You need to see her. I have a lot of catching up to do. Stop what you're doing. I should go see color purple. Oh, Jaws first. Whatever I say, go. Danny Glover did a great job in the original. He did a great job. Yeah, he looked good. Did he, uh... How come you so nice? I don't know. No, you seen the movie. Does it kind of hit a strike a note when you see this reenacted? Um, I'll have to hear you in a second. It's down again. That show ain't none again. Now, I want to say that but in the real color purple, the first movie, it was really It kind of hints that this is going to be a musical. It hints that it's going to be a musical retelling. Yes, it does hint at it. Someday, we're going to meet again. Your head held high, just like Mom Thomas. It's time I be free from you and then jump into creation. I'd die before I let that happen. Good. That's just <laughs> the going away present I've been needing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Not polite. Little Mermaid did it. Holly Billy. Time for you to see the world. Push the button. Sweet and loving God. Buzz it in the water coming. Hey, the bold new take on the beloved classic only in theaters Christmas Day. Awesome. Yeah. I'll see it. I'm not going to. Maybe Christmas Day. I need to get it out of the house. I would go to that. <laughs> okay. Oscar, dump, smart movie, vanity. I'm going to say two. Oscar and smart. Oscar and smart. Because What's it's a... Smart the, about? Mm -hmm. but, you know, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't read the book. I do know there was a controversy at the time of the adaptation, but it the movie was successful. What was it, the it, controversy? It didn't I don't know. I don't, really, I don't really remember. It's just you have to compare the book to the movie. Uh, 1982, Alice Walker wrote this book, and in 85, Spielberg made it into a film, and I recommend and respect this film. Let's see the film? You know, honestly, I'll, I'll watch The Color Purple, and then I will, uh, when I have the chance, whether it's streams or I'm in the theater, I'll see the musical. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely going to see this movie, maybe not Christmas Day. Uh, it's going to take me a Wendell or Holmes to get me out of the theater, out of the house to see the theater. <laughs> okay, so that's her first one. Uh, and you're, you're going to pass on this. 
Myself, personally, I don't like musicals. No, I don't like it. I also don't appreciate that it's like all glitz and f it just doesn't convey the actual truth of the book in terms of the poor conditions and poverty that, you know, people were under. So I, it's not for me, you know. It might, it might, that might be grounding the musical, but yeah, I hear you. Okay, cool. So that's the thing. It's a musical, and a musical doesn't want that reality. It wants you to be blown away by the greatness of the extravaganza you're witnessing. I don't think this is lends itself to a musical, but Oprah did. So, all right, sounds and good. Spielberg's behind it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Another one coming out on Christmas Day is Ferrari. 2023 ferrari 2023 ferrari, ferrari. <laughs> this is based on a biography of enzo ferrari enzo ferrari the man the cars the race the machine oh he's the guy behind my uh tracksuit jacket uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> um a guy who's considered a motorsport journalist because that's he's a he's a journalist and that's what he writes about his sure. name is Brock Yates, and he made this biography in 91. The film follows the personal and professional struggles of Enzo Ferrari, the Italian founder of the car manufacturer Ferrari SPA, during the summer, it's just the summer of 1957. In the summer of 1957, Enzo Ferrari, reeling from the death of his son, Dino. Oh, boy. A deteriorating marriage with his wife, Laura and his company's impending bankruptcy. He enters his racing team in the 1957 Mil Miglia. I think that's how it's pronounced, yeah. <laughs> if you're me, it is. Okay, this is directed by a guy named Michael Mann, and I respect him because he did Heat. Mm -hmm. He did Ali with, um, uh -huh. yeah, yeah sure. and he did Collateral. With Christmas with Day, I think. Was that a Christmas Day movie? I believe it's on my one of my playlists. I'll find yeah. that out. So, I don't know. That film, it was too long and it was too in love with itself, but it was a good film. And what's his face? Who's sometimes, what's his name? He slapped Chris Rock on the... Uh, oh, Will Smith. Will Smith, right. Will Smith might not be uh, someone to look at up to in the real world but he is an excellent actor and he became ali for this and i think the director probably had something to do with that sure michael yeah mann. absolutely okay michael mann began exploring this film around 2000 23 years earlier in august 2015 christian bale entered negotiations he would have made a good ferrari by the way uh, it was released christmas day ali uh, in 2001 uh-huh in in 2001. Okay. Oh, so he had already been thinking about this movie for a full year when Ali came out. Um, Bale exited the film a year later. Jan not a year later. It was August to January. January 2016, over concerns of meeting the weight requirements for the role by the time they were going to start filming. So then they said, okay, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman will be our star. And uh, Numi Rapace is his wife. Do you know who that is, Numi Rapace? So, was she in a uh, girl with the golden dragon tattoo? I don't know. I, yeah. It sounds like a familiar name. In the end, Penelope Cruz is the wife in this. Cool. And Adam Driver 
is our um is driver. our star is our driver but he yeah. wasn't the driver no he wasn't the driver he was ferrari, ferrari. Um, now i gotta tell you when you watch this adam driver has a totally different look and feel he's got like blonde hair and it's just the way he holds his body is different from from who we know as adam ferrari Ferra is is it different from his performance as famous italian uh uh gucci it is different now I want to say this does this reminds me of House of Gucci matched with Lamborghini, the man behind the legend. So Lamborghini, the man, the myth, the legend is an actual film. It has Frank Grillo in a dramatic role. We know it because it was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress for Mia Servornas. Yeah, Cervinas and she deserved it. Yeah, which was pretty empty. Yeah, she wasn't yeah. really. It didn't really. It was bad. Yeah, and, and she's a good were, actress. But the movie was bad too. Yep. Yep. Lamborghini, the man, the myth, the legend stops. Like the movie just ends. It yeah, that's right. Get to an ending. It and just, we didn't even see who won the race, remember? Was it race? him racing Ferrari himself? I think Gabriel so. Burn? I don't remember. We did see it to get ready for the rest. He's because yeah. you cannot vote on a movie if you didn't Old see it. Old man Lamborghini is sitting at his desk with Frank Grillo, white hair like mine, and he has a little wooden Lamborghini car, and he, mm -hmm. he has a little like wooden Ferrari car, and he's playing on his desk, and then he remembers, and the whole movie happens, the, his story happens in this flashback that he's having at his desk of the time he raced Ferrari himself. Right. And I don't really remember who won the race. That's or... they didn't show us. Yeah, okay. The film you know, a movie would have had not only shown us, but then had a coda, an epitaph to kind of tie in. <laughs> right. And so I felt like I was a little cheated. Grillo was great. He didn't punch anybody and, and you know <laughs> this he one Captain time. America's ass, man, but he didn't do shit in that <laughs> in this movie. Okay, so we want Lamborghini <laughs> and now up comes Ferrari. What what? Oh, there, there, there was a I am not done. Do not rush me into these trailers. Is that what you're No, I didn't about? say that. I didn't say oh. that. I said, what's next, Carl? <laughs> we what's have next? DeLorean. We have Lamborghini. We have Ferrari. What's next? The bug? <laughs> Volkswagen, which would be the Hitler movie. We don't want to see Volkswagen movie. We don't want to see a Volkswagen movie. Okay, so they started shooting in August 2022, of course, in Italy, which only makes sense. And they wrapped in October of 2022. Quick production. <coughs> Brescia? I don't know. It's just all Italy to me. Um, this was selected to compete in the Golden Lion in the 80th Venice International Film Festival. So it premiered August 31 of 2023. So this has been around. Yeah. I mean, they stopped shooting in. So they're dumping it now at Christmas. Um, I already mentioned that Adam Driver is is Ferrari and Penelope Cruz is um, uh, the wife, Laura Ferrari. The other cast is very blasé, except when you get to Patrick Dempsey. Now, Patrick Dempsey, you might know from Grey's Anatomy, and he's one of those like... Um, uh, People who maybe as an actor, you think they're kind of plastic. I don't know how to say it. But the reason I think he's interesting to talk about in this film is he's a race car driver. Interesting. Yeah. Also, 
as uh, I should say, full disclosure, as a contestant on People Puzzler, the People Magazine game show, yeah. he was named People Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year, 2023, Carl, not 1997. Yeah. Well, he was in Sweet Home. Oh, no, that was 2002. Um, that's perfect because People Magazine Thanksgiving. is He's just as plastic. Yeah. You know? He was in Thanksgiving is what you were going to say, the horror movie that was released this year. Was he? He was the sheriff. Inch. Oh yeah, that's the one where uh, the guy's dressed up as the as the pilgrim. Yeah. Um, okay. Patrick, who remains a sports car driver and vintage car collector, okay, he enjoys auto racing in his spare time. He's competed in the pro AM events such as the Twenty Four Hours of Le Mans, Rolex Twenty Four, Daytona Sports Car Race. I've been to that track, and the blah 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 off road race prior to. Okay, Dempsey declared that he would walk away from acting if he could dedicate himself full-time to motorsports, to being a... Uh... Steve McQueen, he was also into race car. He had that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He was Bullet, right? Yeah, he was Bullet, but I okay. think the movie was like Grand Turismo or Grand Zam, I forget. Okay, now there's little left to talk about, but this is a really interesting point. The guy who wrote this was long dead. 2009, he died. Okay. The guy who wrote this, his name is Troy Martin, or Troy Kennedy Martin. Is his, he's Scottish. He made some BBC long-running TV series, Z Cars. But he made, in 85, he wrote Edge of Darkness, and he wrote, in 1969, the original Italian job. Oh, with a lot of little uh, cars running around. Yeah, right, that's car. who is here with us in 2023 you know i mean he this guy wrote a 1969 screenplay and now it's 2023 he's long dead he's dead uh, 14 15 yeah. or something like that and we're watching his uh and he we're watching a film he wrote it's interesting, interesting. yeah totally okay let's we watch uh, the director michael mann his last production was a novel a sequel to his movie heat heat 2 really is it yeah. any good you know at this point it's probably available at the library and i'm sure there's an audio book that maybe i'll listen to it while i play uh mario he, wonder that's interesting is yeah. does it have any of the cat we would have heard of it if if uh it's it's a continuation yeah. of the the movie of the characters in the movie and whether but the actors same actors well no it's just it's a novel it's based on the characters in the movie oh it's a novel yeah crossing it out crossing it out <laughs> you don't want to listen to the audiobook while playing mario i yeah. don't okay are we ready yes so far we haven't had an ad Driver. Is that uh, Adam, uh, whatever? He, he dated uh, girls? <laughs> Unbelievable. Look at his hair. Oh, okay. It's just gray hair because he's yeah. old. That's what it is. But he has a really different looking. When he was young, he had that little scuff cut. <laughs> it's interesting that Last of the Mohicans is listed for Michael Mann. That movie came out, what, 30 years ago? Yeah, that movie launched the career of. Uh, remember, he was Mr. Good Looking then? Then he became Oil. Uh, there will be blood. 
You talking about Daniel Day Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. He started out as a heartthrob. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Now we're not well, hearing dialogue. I watched the trailer with dialogue. This is all sound effects. <laughs> We must continue here. I'll do the dialogue. What do you mean, my someone died? You get into one of my cars. You get into get into win. Okay. There he is, written by uh, Troy Miller, or whatever his name was. Right, Troy something Miller. It's um. I shouldn't just get rid of these things when I. Uh, uh, Troy Kennedy Martin, Martin is his too. name, and it's only interesting because he is. Uh, he had passed away ten years ancient. ago. Ancient, yeah, and yeah. he had passed away. Crazy, crazy, cool. Okay. I know. Would you oh, see that? Yeah, I would see that. But is it Oscars dump, smart movie, or vanity? Okay, so this is tricky because I do not know the quality of the movie. If if it's bad, then obviously it's a bad movie dump. And that's the reason why that Michael Mann movie's there. I'm going to go with Oscar. Okay. What do you think? Well, you know, this guy was in House of Gucci, and that was a bad film. This guy was, uh, you know, and then they did that... Uh, Dinosaur movie. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's... You're right. It either could be a dump or an Oscar bid. You're right. Yeah. And sometimes they usually that. overlap. You know, uh, performances are better than the, the actual movie. Uh, like Rocket Man, it's a great performance. The movie's good, but, you know, it's it could have been better or whatever. Or mm -hmm. uh, the Freddie Mercury one, actually, is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think he won the Oscar, but the movie now itself. That, you didn't like that film? I thought it was a great movie. What about okay. you? No, no, no. I liked tell it. I, I I didn't. I thought his performance kind of overshadowed the movie. I thought the performance was so good that I can sit through this movie going, "Well, you know, it's uh -huh. all right." It okay. was it was an okay movie. I like the Elton John one a lot. Personally, I think that it was a really good movie, except for the fact that it was Queen. Blah. Blah. Do you think this is a smart movie? The story of Ferrari in the fifties. Uh, okay. I saw the trailer with dialogue and. You know, he's like, why am I going bankrupt? And he's because because you spend more than you make. You know, like <laughs> I thought it was a good trailer. I, I, I thought the dialogue like I didn't say anything crappy. Yeah, it looks well directed. I mean, Michael Mann's one of the greatest directors in the world. So I don't know the answer. It could be a dump or an Oscar bid. I guess I guess we're leaning. I'm leaning more towards Oscar bid without yeah. having seen it. Without having seen, seen it, I'm going to go Oscar bid. But after seeing it, I might go bad movie dump. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll see it. I might. I'll probably. I'll probably invest it if it's if it pops up on a streaming service. I'll be like, oh, cool. There's that celebrated movie that played in the theater. I got to see mm -hmm. it. You know. Uh, but I'm not sure. I would rather see Color Purple first. I'm going to see Color Purple the musical first, and then I'll okay. see Ferrari. All right, cool. Okay, so next we have The Boys in the Boat 2023. The Boys in the Boat, and it'll be released on Christmas Day. Okay, so this is a sports drama, you know, oh. and it's biographical because it really, biographical because it really happened. 
It's not about the clitoris, the boy in the boat, the man in the boat. No, that's, would that be a clitoris film? Is is the boat? There's a canoe look to a man in the canoe. <laughs> uh, that would be a clitoris film. I can't find it. I can't, it's got to be up here somewhere. Um, okay, the University of Washington which is not a school of snobs. It's a school of uh, working class people. The uni- Washington State, the University yeah. of Washington crew that represented the United States in the men's eight at the 1936 Summer Olympics 36. in Berlin, and they won. Wow. The men's eight competition, we always win. We always win. I well, mean, spoiler alert. Well, it's, it was in 1936. We're not really spot, you know, in Titanic, the ship sinks. Oh, my God. Um, the 1936 Summer Olympics took place at the Gruanurgata course in Berlin, Germany. 14 boats, 126 people, you know, 14 nations. The victory was the fifth consecutive gold medal for the United States. Okay. We were winning that thing. And it was our seventh overall win, okay? Oh, wait, wait. The Americans won every time they competed, missing 1908 and 1912. So every time we were in this thing, America won it. As of 1930. Is this event still happens? I I would doubt it because I think my, my research would have told. Yeah. We wouldn't have been talking about uh, seven victories if it was still ongoing, right? Yeah, right. The final race... Men's eight was won by working class United States team from the University of Washington who would be who in what had become their trademark started slow and out sprinted the competition to ex- an exceedingly close finish with only one sec- second separating the top three finishers at the end of the six and a half minute race. This event is okay. So let me just talk about that for a second. It always gets me a little crazy that like. This guy won the gold. This guy won the silver. And it's like by 0.08 seconds. So the guy who won the silver, come on, man. He has much earned the gold as the guy who got the gold. That if is it's a deep, millisecond. Huh? I don't like the rules. Seconds. You should really uh, hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> the event is chronicalized in The Boys in the Boat, written by Dame- Daniel James Brown. Brown was born in Berkeley, California, grew up in San Francisco. Shout out. Shout out. Um, Okay. 1936 Summer Olympics scenes and scenes around the University of Washington boathouse were filmed in the UK. They were, I don't know why. Members of various boat clubs in the area were like part of the race and stuff. So that was fun for them to be in a movie. Now. Co-produced and directed by George Clooney. Oh, so I guess the Vanity Project category yeah. is dragged out. Be easy to guess. Yeah. Um, now, George Clooney, I only everyone knows him, so I didn't look him up and talk about him, but I'm just talking about he has directed films. Um, I, think, I think a couple of them were Christmas Day. He had one on Football Player. He had one about a newscaster. The Gong Show movie was his first one. That was good. Uh, okay, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was yeah. the, yeah, Gong Show one. I like that one. I think it's really interesting that George Clooney directed that because 
That was a good film. Like knowing George Clooney, you would think he would try to do something lofty. And no, but no, it was like just a good film. Well, it's a great pop culture movie because Chuck Barris wrote this book saying that, you know, you might know me as this, this talk show host, but I'm actually a secret agent. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of, so he didn't really, whatever. It was cute. But then he took it and then took it at face value and showed this world of pop culture of the Kong show in particular. And this guy who's such a crazy band leader. And then by putting the real people in there too, I don't know if that was a choice, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, the fact that he, it connects it and grounds it. And then Sam Rockwell was really good in it. It's like a good yeah. pop culture movie. The fact that they take this at face value because you know it's nothing but a show you know yeah but then the second one he did was about edward murrow i haven't seen that one is it called good night yeah that was his catchphrase <laughs> okay wasn't it <laughs> edward murrow it was okay. some famous film uh journalist he did yeah so he did um confessions of a dangerous mind then he did good night and good luck and that's the one you're talking about he did the ides of march huh which is a political drama in 2011. He did Monuments Men, which we know. It's, yeah. uh, it wasn't the greatest it. film. Yeah. And then he did one I'm a big fan of, I think. It's called The Midnight Sky. Now, I think that's the one in which he he is alone in a Arctic center and to, like, to help with communications and do something super important for humanity. He had to traverse... I don't know, man, and I feel bad this is a video podcast as well because you just saw my mind go blank <laughs> when you were talking about this movie. I haven't even, I don't know. Well, oh, in this movie, George Clooney is the star and he is alone in this like research center and he's got to do something for like a satellite in space and it's going to save humanity or something, but it's broken. In order for him to do it, he's really got to go there, but oh, he doesn't have the drive to do it. So in his mind, he concocts this little girl and like, if he saves the little girl, he's saving him. Like, it makes him. Like, if he doesn't save humanity, the little girl dies. So oh, he gives him the uh, ocean yeah. traverse this terrain and go like to an physically. Movie. It sounds like it, it yeah. premiered on a streaming service. Yeah, yeah. It did. All right, I, yes. I recall it. All right. Okay, now the screenwriter co-wrote The Midnight Sky, so maybe that's why he's involved with this. But sure. I'm only impressed with he co-wrote The Revenant, which was a very well-written film, The Revenant. Oh, sure. That's the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, the Western guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is well-written. It's well-written, but that movie, it might be that the movie was just so good and well-directed and art-directed that I think it's also a good screenplay. I'm not sure. Well, I um, mean, it, it definitely carries its own. I mean, the story is great. It's, you know, it is definitely well written. Now, these films take forever to make. When you start talking about, we're going to make a film, you're like, great, great, let's make a film. Then 20 years later, you make it. Right. Um, in 2011, Weinstein Company preemptively acquired the film adaptation rights to the novel with Kenneth... Branagh set to direct. I didn't look him up, so I'm not sure who that is. He did the recent Perot movie, A Haunting in Venice. He directed that. He's he's Perot. Poirot, the detective. Got, yeah. Okay. Not the, the 1990s uh, political. Yeah, no, no, not Ross Perot. It's not Ross <laughs> Perot. Um, in 2020, it was announced that George Clooney would, would direct um and that mark you know that the script and filming began in march 2020 
Now, the film stars Joe Rance. Okay, okay Ca Ca Callum Turner, and who you just might know from those, like, the Fantastic Beast films, um, the Harry Potter follow-up. I've, I've actually watched them, yeah. But this guy was more interesting to me. His name is Joel Edgerton. He's Australian, and he is Owen Lars in the Star Wars movies. You know the Owen Lars guy? Does he have, like, a very serious face? Even yes. Even in, like, comedies, he's like, ha, ha, oh, I slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He was in Revenge of the Sis in 2005, and he was in... Uh, well, really, 2002, uh, Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, he okay. was, he appeared. He was in Kinky Boots. He's been in he, some uh, streaming service. Uh, Gringo, Disney. I think it was. I think the streaming service movie was this Amazon film called Gringo, if I'm thinking the right actor. He's got a serious face, and if you don't know him from Star Wars, you kind of don't know him, unless you're Australian. If you look at his Australian credits, they're... You know, to be fair, Carl, he's an actor. When I see his face, when I do see him pop up as a character actor, I go, <gasps> because I'm like, be good. I should know this guy. I, should, I, I know this guy. You know, yeah, it should be good. So be, full disclosure, I watched the trailer to Boys in the Boat. I thought they were finding Harvard. I didn't uh -huh. realize the Olympics. I thought they were going to get those fucking bastards. On the, I thought but that don't was you Carl see the, Don't you see the swastikas, the 1936 German competitors, and they're yeah, in I Berlin? Yeah, Charles River. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, this is the trailer. Trailer starts now. Did you see him with the binoculars? He's there are some moments in life you never forget. The depression smokehouse is Clooney's company. It's the smokehouse by the Warner Brothers. Yes. Looks like you still owe a balance on this semester. And this depression thing, it's got a hole in his shoe, so he's paper in. It's so awful. Your Honor, you get a part-time job, include each place to live. Eight-man crew is the most difficult team sport This guy. There's yeah. Owen Lahr. The average human body is just not meant for such things. Most of you will not be chosen. Beautiful speech, coach. Ooh, it's based on a book. We rode out of need. Come on, boys. The need to stay in school. The need to eat. Maybe this is a new category, the dad movie. But would that be a uh, Christmas morning? Christmas That's day. That's a very good question. I don't know. We'd have to look at our list. I'll leave my count. Seconds under the course record. Olympic year this year. Olympic year? I didn't realize. Oh, see, I thought they were fighting Harvard, and then this was the Charles River. It would make sense. Now, this is really a white boy, white boy, white boy film. You know what you're doing. They said we couldn't be. Now, see, this is what told you know you should have told you was the Olympics. Maybe we can roll as a team. If you guys don't get yourselves figured out, look at the hands. Yeah, boys, that boat. I know we're but they didn't understand. He's not in this movie, Clooney, right? Oh, what's in this book? Clooney's not in it. He just directed it. And that I kind of I give him a little, I respect him a little for that. Sure. No, Angelina Jolie does the same. She's not in her movies. Best thoughts. They can make pain. Maybe she is. Sweat and pain. They don't. This song is not 1936. 
inspiring. It's uh, Tom Petty's. Told him not to tip over. And no. Sample. Vote for your country. It's 1935 hit. Vote for each other. Yeah. It was an 80s hit. It was a 88, 89, something like that. It went a little faster. There was Grim Phase. All right. Only in theaters Christmas Day. Carl, would you see this movie? I would not see this movie. It's just so... It just looks like a movie you've seen before. And, you know, I don't know. These films in which... Oh, can we make it? Are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? They made it! I'm just tired of that exploding yay at the end. It's just... I'm not your sucker. Okay? You've done this to me too many times. Too many times. You know... The last movie we watched this year was Fast Break, where it led yeah. up to the that game, the final big game. I'm not going to see. But you know, Fast Break came out in '78 or '9. Yeah, so I would have. It would have been the first one of the first times I ever got tricked. You know, Rocky Syndrome, I guess. But this is based on true events, and it's historically, and it's America versus the the Axis, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. So do we say that it's a vanity product or do we say it's a, it's not a smart movie. It's based on a book on historical events. It's borderline smart, but it's definitely, a, it's a, I mean, when we say vanity, I know it's a derogatory term, but we're just saying it as a catch-all. Even that Michael Mann movie might be a genuine vanity project. This director has to make a Ferrari movie, but I'm not putting it in that category. It's definitely a movie directed by a celebrity. By default, it falls into our, our vanity uh, category. Yeah. And I think it's borderline smart. It's based on historical events and based on a book. And I also think the niche audiences are just dads who are into it or, you know, people who are into that moment. Sports people. Yes. A niche. Historical be thing. People from Wisconsin. I don't know. Rowing people. It's such a niche, niche movie that. No, uh, no, not, not Wisconsin. Washington, right? Washington. Wisconsin's okay. landlocked. So you got the history of Washington State. You got the rowing sport. You have the Olympics. You have, uh, you know, uh, Nazism. Yeah. So and it's a, definitely people who like that. But that's not every. I don't know. Uh, so I would say borderline smart, but it is a vanity product. Uh, Okay. I'm not going to see it. Okay, I'm not going to see it either. Okay, now, the next one, Occupied City. Uh, you're going to get your wish. We're going to go to the trailer pretty quick. It's a documentary. Um, okay, I'm just going to read. The past collides with the present in this excavation of the Nazi-occupied Amsterdam, a journey of, from World War II to recent years of pandemic and protest and proactive, life-affirming reflection on memory, time, and what's to come. Carl, all I know about this movie, it's a documentary by Steve McQueen, and it's four hours long. Now, who was Bullet? Steve McQueen it was an actor Same who passed name. away. No, this is a British director. Who has no, been I know. But I mean... Yeah. But it's the same exact name, right? It's the same name, yeah. Yeah, when I first saw directed and produced by Steve McQueen, I was like, how? How is that possible? But then I started doing of, the research. A different country, and he's currently living. No no disrespect to the actor Steve McQueen. He did a great, great, great uh, anthology on Amazon that I'm just going to say I recommend wholeheartedly called Small Acts. Right. And it's five movies, and it's all of them are just fantastic. So... Uh, 
that said, I might watch four hours of this documentary. Well, but- no, no, there is. Okay, there is a 36-hour version of the documentary. That's not what's going to release on Christmas Day. You're not going to a four-hour. He did a 36-hour. Am I wrong? McQueen said there's a 36-hour version of this documentary that he shot everything that is covered in the book, Atlas of an Occupied City, Amsterdam, 1940 to 1945 by Bianca Stigner. That sounds like... That sounds like he's in love with himself watching. Oh, this is so great. I got to include this. I got to include this. Yeah. Knows he ends up with 36 hours. It's a four hour film. Yeah. You know, I, miss- I don't know if you saw Shoah, the documentary where they talk to Holocaust survivors. It's really hard to sit through. I mean, uh-huh. 10 minutes of it is hard to sit through. And the eight hours, it makes a point that it's really hard to sit through. You yeah. know, I have seen it or I have seen an hour of it. I'll be honest. But so I think this might have the same vibes as as we say, you know, like it might have the same kind of tone that it's might be hard to watch. I don't know. It's interesting because don't you think like city history is interesting in this particular discussion? I don't know. I don't Amsterdam know. is a very, very interesting city, certainly. And the book was takes place in this like four to five year period, but he seems to have done all the way up until present day, present day. everything about Amsterdam. Um, about, yeah, about the Jews in Amsterdam during the war and, and the outcome. Well, well, that was the original. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in January 2022, it was confirmed that Steve McQueen would direct and produce a film about Amsterdam under Nazi occupation in World War II with A24, a new regency handling the domestic international, both co-financing, uh, they have the UK television rights, the film oh. was co-produced between the UK, US, and Netherlands, and it premiered May 2023 at Cannes. So it's been done, and they're going to release on Christmas Day. Now, this director did 12 Years a Slave, and the person who wrote the book wrote 12 Years a Slave. So I guess that's how they know the, each other. And Okay, based on the book, Atlas of an Occupied City, Amsterdam, 1940 1945 by Bianca Stigner, who wrote Three Minutes of Lengthening, Windows, and 12 Years a Slave. Wow. And this Dutch film director narrates it. Um, that's all I got to say about it. And I think we're only doing it because it's on Christmas Day. Hey, all right, let's watch it. Thank you for checking in with me. Yes, I am done. <laughs> A24. In May 1940, Amsterdam was taken over by the Germans. Ooh. Germans. See, award winner, Steve McQueen. Big difference. It was the same time in Amsterdam as in Berlin. This, did West actor Steve McQueen ever win an Oscar? It was now a military Good question. I... All streetlights were turned off. Oh, where am I going? ...were Nazi-fied or forbidden. Oh, terrible. Soon, the Nazis started to ban Jews from parks, pools, what? shops, cafes, and schools. From Ooh. all life. Music by Jewish composers could no longer be played. No Barry Manilow. No Barry Manilow. In 1941, they started rounding people up. In 1942... The deportations began. Yeah. 
Now this is modern protest stuff. In Amsterdam. Essential, this is Vital Cinema with one eye on the not-so-distant past. And the other on a precarious future, says the Los Angeles Times. Wait, he just kept every 36-hour. Occupied City, a Stephen Queen film. Dun Coming soon. So... I guess this is considered the um, uh, smart category. Four hours about uh, uh, Nazi-occupied Amsterdam. Yeah, it's from. Yeah. A, I don't know. I would say I would say Oscar dump. I would say smart for sure. Smart for sure. Oscar dump. If this movie sounds like a vanity project, like uh, in the sense that it's. Uh, you know, it's the passion for him to, to get this on the screen, but I'm not yeah. going to use that term. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to say smart Oscar dump. No, the Oscars do documentaries, but somehow that doesn't get broadcast. Right. Okay. So it's just smart. No, no, it might have still wanted to say where but Oscar it, winners come see like it. Like you said, it, it premiered earlier this year. So unless it. I, well, well, that's Cannes Film Festival. Festival. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's not really. Well, all right, so they get it into the states for the Oscar nominations, so it is an Oscar, and then it, it's smart. Okay. And I'll, I will see it eventually. I still have to see a lot of his. I haven't seen Twelve Years a Slave. I don't know if I could sit through it. That's right. Me neither. I didn't go to see it for two reasons. One is we've told this story so many times, you know, and then I'm just going to get mad again, like it happened yesterday. And number two, it's it would probably be hard to watch, you know. It's, another the story itself sounds so hard to watch, and that it will bring up, you know, the worst aspects of history, uh, and that it's my question whether or not to sit through it. And I know that's the point of the movie, so I yeah. will see it eventually. But it's just kind of kind of hard. And then he did a movie about uh, sexual addiction that I haven't seen, uh, and he did I, Hunger he did. too, about a guy on a hunger strike. So you know, his films are pretty heady. I do recommend Small Axe. I really like those films. All right. Okay. So, the next yeah. one. Next one. So we're getting into the Christmas cheer with some Sprite, the official beverage of Christmas. It's it's seltzer. Oh, all right. You, oh, it is seltzer. Look, there's the woman on the white rock. Remember that seltzer? Was it white rock seltzer? Um, yes, it wasn't white rock, but yeah. Yeah, it was like some... Uh, mystical fairy on a on a rock ledge. Okay, uh, we're gonna keep going. Uh, remember that. Okay, the next film I don't know crap about, and neither does the internet. It's a German film. It's called The Teacher's Lounge, which is Das Lehrerzimmer. Das Lehrerzimmer. Limited in New York City only. It's an official submission of Germany for Best International Feature Film Category in the 96th Academy Awards of 2024. So we already have our answer. This isn't an Oscar dump. Okay. It premiered at Cannes Film Festival 2023 in May. Uh, an idealistic teacher, Carla Nowak, tries to solve a series of thefts at her school. When one of her oh. students is suspected of theft, Carla Nowak decides to get to the bottom of the matter. 
Caught between her ideals and the school system, the consequences of her actions threaten to break her. A24 will release the film in North America. New Regency will... Didn't we just cover they were doing the documentary, both yeah, A24. New Regency and A24? Yeah. Well, uh, September film, will they, it will release in the Netherlands. The film is scheduled to be released in the United States on Christmas Day. And that's all I have. The internet was like, what are you talking about? That Well, that right. film hasn't come out yet. And yeah. I was like, internet, lots of films haven't come out yet, and you can't shut up about them. Well, this ain't one of them. Why don't you go to Germany and talk to some of the people there? And I was like, don't tell me what to do, Google. Okay. <laughs> so. I love these conversations you have. <laughs> let's just watch it. All right. This is the teacher's lounge. You can see me in the background having a cigarette and reading the newspaper. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Wir willkommen. Der nicht vergessen. These Deutschen mentioned. Sony Pictures Classic. That's not a teacher comic. Not her. Oh, look, the orchestra is playing. To okay. get out. Guten Tag. I know that's good morning. Uh oh. Who's excuse? She said it's about mathematics, not magic. Yeah, not magic. Your German's pretty good. Frau Kuhn, mich, uh, yes, you know, okay. she, I would give her, I think she'll pass. Uh oh. Something's going on. Listen to the music. And the word thrilling was like really good. Somebody stole some bullshit. She's watching from the teacher's lounge. Where's the lounge? Huh? Where's the coffee? How much is it? Is there an honor system? Do you have to drop it in a coffee tin? Yeah, you gotta put in a euro. Bespitzelung, Denunziation, Verleumdung, Rufball. There better be ice cream. <laughs> the kids think it's fun, and she thinks it's meaningful to do that screaming. It's interesting that it's a teacher's apostrophe, it's it's teacher's mouth as apostrophe. Say it again, it's teacher's. Teacher's lounge, and there's an apostrophe after the S. Teach, because the uh, whose lounge is it? Yeah, but I mean, do you normally teacher. see like teacher's lounge or just teachers without the apostrophe? No, whenever a, it's, it's a stupid thing in English. Whenever a word is plural, but it's possessive, you put it after, which isn't the way we say it. Teachers. How would you say Jesus's? See what you Jesus? just said? Jesus is. That's what yeah. we verbally say, but you would write Jesus apostrophe. Wow. It's implied this is, is, right? Yeah. Now, in, in, you know, in the year like uh, 4023, they're going to find our language and they're going to not know how to pronounce Jesus's. They'll just yeah. say Jesus. Somehow they knew it was possessive. This movie, Jesus's is his lounge. Well, all right. So teachers... Lounge, as they say in German, you could hear the apostrophe after the S. Teachers is teachers lounge. Teachers. I mean, I like yeah. a thriller. I like you a thriller. I might see this. If it pops up, I might watch it. 
I too might watch it. It might be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. Good luck, Germany. Hope you win the best foreign film. <laughs> now, we only have two films left. One I'm not okay. going to say too much about, but the next one, even though it's getting near the end of our show, don't be pushing me because I got a lot to say about it. Carl. Okay, not about this one. Okay. In, not too much was releasing in the U.S., so of course, to beef it up, we had to turn to foreign films, and that's how we saw our last teacher's is, 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 is lounge. And also, this is a French comedy film called The Crime is Mine, 2023. Um, the Crime is Mine. This is a loose adaptation of the 1934 play Mon Crime by Georges Baer and Louis Vernul. But check this out, Mike. It was adopted into two American films already, huh. 1937 and 1946. True Confession, 1937, was based on this play. And Cross My Heart, 1946, was based on this play. I haven't heard of them. Me neither. Well, True Confession, I, I thought I had heard of because of sure. like a magazine and a uh, Pulp Fiction movie. Not also, fiction, I, but I think there was an 80s movie called True Confessions anyway. Yeah, with a yeah. plural, plural. Yeah. Okay, this is set in the 1930s. Duh. Um, an actress who gains notoriety after getting acquitted for murder of self-defense, in self-defense. Madeline Verdeer, a young actress, is accused of murdering a famous producer. After being acquitted, she begins her new life of fame and success until the truth comes out. Uh, it takes place in Paris in 35. A wide assortment of debt collectors lining up at her door. Struggling actress Madeleine Verdier is, uh, well, it's just colorful language. For no apparent reason, someone puts a bullet into the head of the lavicious French producer Montferrand. And you can see in the trailer, like, it must be that she's a struggling actress, actress and she has a chance to be in front of this very famous uh, producer and he gets inappropriate with her, like a casting couch situation. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's dead. And so she's accused and then acquitted. As a result of the cruel hardship of poverty, well, she stand accused of murdering one of the city's most famous residents. Luckily... Madeline's roommate, of course, it just happens to be a lawyer. The prime suspect claims to be innocent. However, the truth is in the eye of the beholder. What happens if the producer's shocking murder isn't Madeline's crime? Okay, this was interesting. Madeline Verdier is mentioned in the news bulletin before the projection of a movie alongside the real murderess. The Puppet huh. Sister. I, I kind of, so we're finding out before we even see the film that we're going to find out, and it's a murderess. The director's name is Francis Ozon, and we wouldn't know him because everything's French, but he is interesting. I just want to talk about him a little bit. He considers, okay, he did um, In the House in 2012, Eight Women in 2012, 2002 and swimming pool in 2003 i guess if we were french we'd know that maybe i know swimming pool heard of swimming pool this i thought was interesting 
He said he considers filmmaking a parallel world in which he flees from boring everyday life. And he's known for fairly, fairly serious movies. So for him, this screwball comedy with very theatrical performances forms the last part of a trilogy he did. Eight Women, Potish, I don't know what it is. It just sounds like maybe he's a little interesting. Okay, cool. The, screen, uh, the film was screened for industry professionals and others in January of 2023. So this is sat on a shelf for a full year. Uh, they filmed it in April 2022 in Paris, Belgium, Brussels. Uh, and okay, the last thing I want to talk about is Nadia Terzewik. Okay, I don't know. Isabella Hooper, do you know that name? I know of the name. I don't. I can't recall a French movie that she was in. So I've seen her in a bunch of foreign films, and she's very good. But you might remember from her from I Heart Huckabees. She was okay. the she was the one that the guy sleeps with. Uh, did you see I have, I have seen I have seen the movie. I just there she I is. Had... This is your mother, your rude mother. I have to see it again. Okay, so. Well, I heart, heart Huckabees is worth seeing, but Mike, why haven't you seen Jaws? Why haven't I seen The Color Purple, Schindler's no, List? Jaws, I haven't seen Jaws. Jaws. I don't know. I have no idea. I okay, saw 10 yeah. minutes, maybe, but I, I haven't seen the whole movie. Okay. You might think, oh, it's a horror film. There's a scary monster, but no. This no, is a no. young Steven Spielberg. It's a and movie. It is because... It's not about the monster eating people. It's more about the cop and his struggle. You've got to see it, Mike. Okay, I will see it. Is oh, it in 3D? I'll, I'll see it if it's in 3D. Is no, it, Jaws 3. Jaws 3 was in 3D. Okay, let's watch this trailer, and it's our second to last. It's mine. Thanks for hanging in, audience. I know that uh, I can be now available. Now that we get to the, the French stuff. Okay, we gotta watch a stupid. Uh... Let's put a hair serum in the pink bottle. Oh I wow! Love I love it too. Ugh! Do I agree? I'm your sucker. But alors pourquoi cette tête? revolver now that was in the defense. lawyer. Au tribunal, on va parler de toi. Tu vas parler. Tout le monde sera dans les journaux. Alors, depuis quelques années, les femmes nous suppriment avec un sang jeune. Tu as écrit mon texte. Mais n'est-il pas possible de mener sa carrière, sa vie de femme? Now that's not her. 
crois que mon cul est en train de tourner la tête de toutes les femmes. Mary, parce que je pense à toutes les autres, à toutes les Isabella celles. Hooper. Yeah. Soyons nous-mêmes, mesdames, nos propres. Uh -huh. Cette aventure est oh. formidable. Je ne pensais pas que ce crime nous donnerait autant de mal. <rire> la prochaine fois, je vais Maybe it is her. Maybe it is her. She's just older. Okay. Are you going to see it? No. I, I would. I would see it and be entertained by it. I don't know that I'm going to seek it out. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. If, okay. If it's up on Netflix, I'll watch it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it won't. It's French. Well, Yeah. It's 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 just not gonna. You would have to go out of your way. By the way, I can't get DVD Netflix DVD anymore. They're out of business. They stopped, but didn't weren't you able to keep the ones you had? What do you mean keep the ones I had? They as a special treat, they said like whatever you have holding, you can keep. So if you oh, really, yeah, dude, I found them all back. You could have gotten all the Fast and the Furious and kept them. That movie can just, I, I'm not interested in that, and I'm not interested in, I made a deal with you that I would watch. Uh, um, the John Wicks? Yeah. And but after I, I watch Pell Rider, that's the deal. Oh, after not in the same, listen, Pell Rider doesn't have to be the one you watch. You need to watch the Clint Eastwood films. Uh, you've got to watch the Outlaw Josie Wells. You have to okay. watch. It. All right, that's the one I'll watch. Hell sure. Rider is a good film, but it's not. You know, a few dollars more. I'll watch the Outlaw Jesse Elms. When I watch that, I'll tell you, and then you can go ahead and watch the Wicks. But I, it would be. I feel Josie like I, Wales. I, Josie okay. Wales. Got it. The Outlaw yeah. Josie Wales. Fudgy the whale. Outlaw Fudgy the whale. <laughs> okay. I can't say this name. Now, driving through Manhattan on the east side, uptown, you pass Dag Hammerschald Plaza. Plaza. Yeah. So I one day I was like, who the heck is this guy? And I looked him up and he's like, he was like a, a diplomat. He was like a head of the UN for a time. He was head of the UN and that, I guess that was the plaza that the UN, is it by the UN? Yes, it's by it, but it's okay. not... It's it's by it. Okay. I, I know that by the way from Dell Crossword magazines. They were always located oh. on like 24 Dag. Well, yeah, Plaza. And plus it's a good clue, right? UN diplom Swedish diplomat blank. Yeah. <laughs> Three letters. <laughs> Hammerschrold. Hammerschrold. It's J O with an umlaut. Okay, this is a Swedish only release. It's about Dag Hammarskjöld, set in 1961, but it's English language. Oh, which kind of makes sense because he was a dip, he was in the UN in America. So in America. Can, can I mention, Carl, that last year one of the movies we did was called UFO Sweden, and it was a Christmas Day release exclusive in Sweden. I don't remember that. It was like a speaking of Spielberg. It was kind of like a Spielbergian adventure about this girl and aliens and and stopping evil and stuff like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. a full on. But it was exclusively released Christmas Day in Sweden. So here we are in 2023 again. again. 
Hammarskjöld is backed by the Swedish Film Institute, the Norwegian Film Institute, and the Nordic Film and TV Fund. So the countries were like, we have to make this. Um, okay. Set in the Cold War, 1961, follows the story of a diplomat and economist. I guess he that his prior career was economist, Dag Hammarskjöld, who boards a plane in a desperate attempt to negotiate a ceasefire from his from his enemies, it's not his enemies, after he leads UN troops into their first wartime operation. Um, let me continue. Okay, the story opens at the peak of the Cold War UN headquarters in New York City. The charismatic diplomat and economist Dag Hammarskjöld reached his the pinnacle of his success and power, serving as Secretary General to the United States for seven years. After decolonization, he takes it upon himself to bring peace to the African countries, thwarting plans to future exploit resources of both powerful entrepreneurs and world leaders. So this guy was doing what the UN was originally supposed to be about, giving those without a voice, because they don't have the money and they don't have the power, a voice. When UN peacekeepers are killed in an open battle in the Congo, Hammerschwold sees no other way than to enforce by new means leading UN troops into their first wartime operation. Well aware that his enemies might gather to plot against him, he boards a plane in a final desperate attempt to negotiate a ceasefire. Now, this guy died in 1961 in a plane crash. So that might be our finale. I'm not sure. No uh, spoilers. Patrick Rayborn, producer of the film, said, the story about Dag Hammarskjöld is a political thriller and at the same time a personal portrait of the private man. Then later in the interview, he says, with despots currently at the head of many countries, our world today needs more than ever someone like Dag Hammarskjöld at the UN that would truly make a difference. Now, there's another guy who's the head of sales and acquisitions for Beta Cinema. So, you know, he's a money man. He said, the gripping film is based on historical facts, including the results of recent investigations. Mm. So does that mean there's something new we're learning? He I guess you have to see the movie. What? What you know about Dag, you don't know Dag. You don't know Dag. Dag, dude. He's trying to sell his film. He described one of mankind's most respected diplomats, uncompromising moral stance that will inspire audiences worldwide. And to see how much he sacrificed for peace makes it highly makes for highly emotional, unforgettable moments. So that, I think, is, again, trying a guy trying to sell it, but it might be a hint that this is a good film. Nordic Disc, Nordisk Film is distributing the movie in Scandinavia, while Beta Cinemas represents all international markets. We'll present the footage to buyers and the Euro European film market. So Hammerschrold, who John F. Kennedy called the greatest statesman of our century, was a Nobel Prize winner, fought to end colonization. Now, this is a little interesting. The guy who plays the Swedish actor, his name is Mikael Persbrandt, who was in The Hobbit. You might know him from The Hobbit. He said, right. even though the films are unrelated, he played Dag Hammarskjöld in the Netflix film The Siege of Jotville in 2016. Oh. So he's done this Yeah. He was in a Netflix, Netflix film in 2016? Yes. Must be really bad. 
The Siege of I'll look it up. The director told me it doesn't have any films. I'm sorry, Carl, go ahead. No, but what'd you say about don't have any films? The library? No, the Netflix doesn't have any films uh, prior to 2020. It's telling me that doesn't really. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe it was out in 2016 and went away. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Director, not Peter Fly, director Per Fly, P E R Fly. The only thing you would know him from in the United States was Backstabbing for Beginners in 2018, which was another UN film that I saw. It was a bad film. Interesting. Danish Film School, he graduated in 93, directed blah, 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 The Little Knight, all these things you wouldn't know. He did three episodes of a television show called Taxi for Danish Radio. That doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Collaborates with the Danish MBC and Molly to make films about Molly. Um, he wanted to become a rock star but gave it up to be a film producer. And I think that was the right choice. Sure. We all have to make that choice once in a while. <laughs> so this is what he says. He says, with Dag, the dream of a strong UN came to an end in the last nine minutes of his life. Delivered the tragic plot of a thriller drama about greed, violence, longing, set in the terrifying world of the Cold War, where the killing of politicians was normal part of affairs. So... This implies that the UN being this wimpy force that goes tisk 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 no 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 if Dag Hammarskjöld had survived, had lived maybe it wouldn't be that maybe it would be more I'm not saying world government but it would have more yeah. said uh, the writer is known for Headhunters the girl who kicked the hornet's nest and and a Swedish film those those are two famous films Headhunters. oh yes. Yeah, I've, well, I've seen the sequel. I've actually seen that movie. And Headhunters, I heard about. I haven't seen, but it's out there. You could, you could definitely Netflix it for sure. Headhunters 2011, The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest in 2009, and D-Y-B-T-V-A-N-D, Did yeah. It's Band in 99. Now he's going to Dagroot. I've seen the porno movie, Dag's Wood. <laughs> Dag's Wood. That's apostrophe. Blondie was in that. Yeah, she was not typecast. She was the perfect. Was. Yeah, the carpet mask. Okay, I think I might see this film. Okay. I am really interested in in could this guy have made the UN something serious? So let's watch the trailer. This will be our last trailer. Great. Me and the crows are excited. Yeah. The damn crows from the studio. Ah, ah, ah. Come They're on, come cool. on. How Marshall. I don't know how to pronounce it. World-renowned superstar of the diplomacy scene. Oh, we just missed it. He's like a rock star who decided to be yeah. a movie producer. reaction to UN is committed to a free United Congo. UN is FN. I guess in Swedish. Look, he's got a monkey. Good morning, Mr. Amazon. Dag's monkey. That dag monkey. That funky monkey. I like that this is just like just before he gets on the plane, you know? Yeah. Ow! What a turkey. Go to hand over everything we've built through generations. 
There's thousands of people at risk of dying. Thousands, my Thousands. We were far. Oh, you may. He knows two languages. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Probably doesn't work. language. There's they Kennedy. Clearly, Kennedy. They don't give pauses to people who speak just one language. You know that, right? That's right. They don't give not Nobel ones. No. Yeah. Oh, Pan Am. Pan Am went out of business. So, do you think they per fly? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'll see that one as well. I agree. I'm intrigued. I, I think I would see that film. Now, what do we say? It's it's an Oscar. I would even say not applicable because it's a Swedish film being released in Sweden. Yeah, right. It's not the Hollywood form format of it does it definitely is like smart people biography, right? Biographies kind of fall under smart. Yes. Uh it is about history, so that's smart. Uh I don't know if they are pushing for a Swedish Oscar poll. I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see this film. I I think this person I uh, thought of him as the guy who got a plaza named after him. That's exactly where Dell crosswords are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go through the films. I'm interested to hear once again um, sure. what you think that you will go see and what you think is you know the categorizations. Absolutely. Pull it up here. I have a, a murder of crows with me. <laughs> you certainly do. Um, it's a weird term, murder for crows, right? It's yeah, because they wouldn't kill anybody. They're really cute. See? Okay. The crime is mine. Mm -hmm. And dag. All right, and we hope okay, you. So uh, yeah. All right. Okay. The color purple. Do I'm we going think to see. Oscar? What do you think that is? An Oscar it's, nod? It's the Oscar. It's smart. Uh, it's not it's smart, a, Michael. It's, it's not smart. It's based on a serious book that's based it's on a movie. Not. Oscar winning it's movie. Not. It is on, based uh, on a musical. No. I'm sure the musical won Tony's. I, I'm putting yeah. it under the smart category. No, it's but an why? Adaptation. It's an adaptation. No, of an adaptation no. of an adaptation of an adaptation. I'm sorry. That's why it's not smart. Listen, they want to get up there and go, whoa. Did you did you you remember in the trailer everything was clean and fresh and new? They were in an extremely expensive car. They were at a uh establishment. Drinks on the house. It just isn't the reality of I'm definitely gonna say I but I feel like I need to watch the movie, which is on Max, and you know, maybe I need to dust off the old reading spectacles and sit and read the book finally after all these decades. Okay. You know, book, I think but I'm definitely lost. Uh, I need to catch up before I see it. I'll see the movie and then when the trailer, when the musical shows up, I will see it on streaming service. Okay. Ferrari. I think I might be interested to see it, but it. I don't think, I think it's probably either an, I think we talked about it, it's either an Oscar or it's a bad movie dump. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like Michael Mann makes great movies, and he also makes movies that aren't, aren't great. I don't know if you saw Black Hat or I like Miami Vice, the movie, but I thought that it was definitely playing up this DV style, that digital video style, that turned off a lot of people. It didn't really go anywhere anyway. So you know, he was also involved in the um, uh, television show. I didn't bring that up. Of uh, Miami Vice. Um, 
Yeah, the thing is, he had just done so many other things that I thought it insignificant to even bring up. A show called Tokyo Vice as well on Max about an American journalist in Tokyo. I've heard that term, that name, Tokyo Vice. I've never looked into it. Yeah, I'll have to put it on the list. I don't know if I'll watch Ferrari. I think I'll watch it just for the sake of seeing a theatrically released movie on streaming within a couple months, like with House mm -hmm. of Gucci. I just kind of watched it for the spectacle. I watched it for the spectacle, uh, but I still have to catch up on my Adam Driver movies. I still haven't seen the one where he fights dinosaurs. I'll watch the one where he fights if Ferrari. If a dinosaur shows up, if they do like an Easter egg and he shoots a dinosaur, like a nod to his previous movie, mm -hmm. then I'm just in line. Michael <laughs> Mann, don't disappoint me. Okay. What about the boys in the boat? I think this is vanity and an and an Oscar dump. What do you think? You know, in the perfect world, you roll the dice and it becomes an Oscar nominee. I don't think it's going to happen. I also don't think it's a smart movie because it's one of those, yay, our team sports films. Even though it's based on true events, which is based right. on a book. Okay. It, it, okay, it is based on true events. And also they do about like the struggle of the depression and how these guys were nobody's before. I don't know if that's true, but they were in not a great place before they won. Yeah. I just think... I think it's probably going to be a bad film, and I think it's... See, George Clooney's directed too many things for him to be like... You kind of lose interest in his films. Like the, I saw some of the football one, and I wasn't really interested in it. And then Monument Men, and then uh, he did another one. Yeah, you know, God bless him. I'm glad he's directing. You know, obviously he has such a power pull that him and, and you know, I'm always happy to see Angelina Jolie direct, but I'm, I'm not watching the movies. I don't, I'm going to have to pass on this one. Maybe when I become more of a dad, a real dad, I'll watch it, but <laughs> a true okay. dad. The Occupied City is the documentary one, and I think it's probably an Oscar nod. And yeah. I would call it a vanity project because I think this director's in love with himself. Do you think I'm wrong? I think you're wrong. I think, I, and I just want to say 12 Years a Slave is an interesting story. That's another reason why I haven't approached it because the story itself is a unique take on it. This man had his freedom. He's a free He's man. Yeah. Just so, ruined. So it's like, maybe I, that's what I'll do. I'll watch that movie finally. Maybe I'll watch the, the porno, the sex addiction one. Just <laughs> I have seen he did a, a Liam Neeson like this all star like it was based on a t British TV show like this thriller and I don't know if I missed the mark but I like I love bit small acts all five movies so uh, I'm gonna watch this movie Occupied City is on my list definitely gonna see it I used to think uh, like sex addict like that's ridiculous everybody likes sex or whatever right sure but, but then you go I've up. since been educated that yeah. like a sex addict means like you ruin your life for sex you you know you cheat on your wife you're you know you're a bad dad you um you know you you sleep with someone at work and it you know so i get it now but would you yeah. see the occupied city yeah i will i definitely mm -hmm. i think i, I guarantee I'll, i will see that one probably first four, four hours of amsterdam yeah, but I won't see it in the theater. I'll see it on TV. I'll watch it okay. on a streaming service. Okay. Or I'll, I'll find it at the library, hopefully. Ideally, that's what's going to happen. I'll see the DVD or Blu-ray version at the library, and I'll watch that. And you don't call it a vanity project. You call it no, a... No, I don't. I mean, 
it's I don't unless it's a folly, unless it's a real train wreck, and he like he puts himself in it. I don't know if you saw the documentary Supermensch, directed by Mike Myers, about um, Chef Gordon, this this famous movie uh, music director uh, producer. But he Mike Myers directed it, and he puts himself as a talking head. Uh huh. So that little, you know, maybe that's a little more, but I don't think of that as a vanity project. I think he took this topic seriously and gave it the time it afforded. Okay. And pushed I'm it to not... the modern day. What? And continued the story to the modern day. He mm -hmm. let the story continue. So it's... Well, the, you see, that's another thing that, like, I'm not sure I like about it. Like, the book was about this years of Nazi occupation, and then he said... Well, let's go all the way up to today and let's well, highlight what the pandemic. To the, the generations, I want to know what happened to the Jewish community. I want to know what happened to the city itself. I'm interested. I'm, I am I got my ticket in my hand already. Amsterdam. Oh, oh we should find that movie on YouTube, the horror movie from the late 80s, Amsterdam. Okay. Well, yeah. Amsterdam. ED e at the end. Okay. Film title. All right. I check it out on. But you, you're going to pass on Forbidden City. Uh, you mean Occupied City? I am definitely yeah, yeah. passing. I'm not sitting there for four hours to say to see. I would see a one a two hour documentary about the occupation of you know in during World War II. I would definitely watch that. But all right, okay. well, not the full four hours. Okay. The crime. I might be going out of order. I'm not sure. The crime is mine. Um, since it looks, it's French, it looks fun, doesn't it look fun? Yeah, it does. It looks like a fun film, and I might, I might see it. Um, the question is, how yeah, are you going to see it? It's going to pop. You'll up have to go movie. out of your way, yeah, yeah to yeah. see it. Um, you'll maybe it's one of those like pay a pay two ninety nine on YouTube ones. I'm not yeah. sure. Which I never do unless we're voting on the Razzies, you know? I never pay. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I'm already paying for the streaming services. Right. And I get mad at Max when I'm watching it and, and, and like, commercials come on. Like, I'm already paying you, you know? Yeah, and I know. I was like, what kind Skip. of a sucker am I to Skip, well, up? they do, to be fair, if you had HBO, they would always say... We have a show called Veep as well. Before you're trying to watch something, they would have a promo. Yes, but okay. Yeah, no, I hear you. But you can skip those. I don't like it. it. I might watch it. It seems fun. The crime is mine. Um, also, seems fun is the teachers' lounge. Yeah, I, I would probably. I don't know. You're right. If I have an opportunity to see it, I will see the teachers' lounge. Especially Not going out of my way. The trailer trailer yeah. did its job. It's, it intrigued me. And then lastly, we have a film I'm definitely seeing called Dag Hammer, no, called Hammerschrald yeah. 2023. And this film looks, really I mean, good. yeah. And I don't think it falls into any of our categories of it's, Oscar. It's not being released in the States. Uh, right. You know, it's just, it's a Christmas Day movie release, but it's in Sweden. Yeah. So if you're listening in Sweden, let us know. By let us know, don't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I wanted to suggest something to, uh, I want to know who's watching our films on YouTube, uh, because we've got 1,300 people, and then, like, four, you know, 47 watch the film. So I'm asking you, please, if you are a fan of ours and you go watch on YouTube, please go to the comments 
and just put your like first name and where you're from and like you know do that yeah who is this like 150 people who actually watch i would really like to say thank you that's so. a wonderful idea if you're watching this video on youtube because we're on youtube as well yeah let us know who you are in the comments let's go know. to the comments yeah, yeah just we'll know this is at the end of our show, so we know you watched the whole thing. So just let right. us know. We'd love that's to know why who I, you are. Yeah. That's All right, why I raised it now. Carl, we should wrap this up. I want yeah. to be the first to wish you Merry Christmas this Merry year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, 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 so Christmas. Tomorrow Christmas. is Christmas from when this comes out. But so listen to us next two, we, next Sunday. We'll be talking about all the movies we watched, our year in review yeah. on our show. Uh, yeah. And it's a good way to kind of pinpoint some films. So, Carl, thank you so much for the research on this. Uh, I hope I did afford you the time to talk. And, Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week, guys. We'll see you again next week. Mm. Let's watch It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? <laughs> hey, Mike. What's going on? O-M-G-L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's for yes. your FYI. FYI, O-M-G. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We are streaming right now as we do every Sunday at 2 p.m. 
on mutinyradio.fm. If you haven't checked it out, please go to mutinyradio.fm. Internet radio from San Francisco, and we're on it. We've been on it since 2016. We're on every Sunday, 2 p.m. You can listen to our show first. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please remember this acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You type it into your podcast app. Boom, there we are. And we are also right now on YouTube with a video version of this podcast, Carl. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Let us, with the audience. Carl is Don't ask uh, me. It's a switcheroo. Don't ask me about the movie. No, I was going to say, you are the producer of this show. You've written the theme song. You you talk to celebrity comedians. It's it's Uh, a bit of a drag. Okay, Carl. I'm I'm lauding you. And you also research and watch the movies that we watch. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. This is the old switcheroo. This time, Mm -hmm. I picked the movie. I researched the movie. I've watched this film three times prior. We're going to watch it right now. Carl, the movie this week is Animal Protector. Animal Protector. 1989. This is a David Carradine movie. Really? Direct from video. Yeah, direct from video, as the kids say. And it is hosted, Animal Protector, M-O-H, is it M-O-H? M-H-O. M-H-O Vault. Movies, ho, hey, ho, uh, vault. Go so ahead, type in think? Animal Corrector, 1989. You're going to find a full-length movie on YouTube. 88. Find a full-length movie on YouTube. You hit the link, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, we're going to hit go with everyone else. If you're watching us on the YouTube, we are doing something different this week. We're going to be watching the movie uh, on YouTube as part of our video. So hopefully everything still syncs and there's no lag, etc. Carl, I'm really excited for this movie. And to kick it off, Carl has interviewed a celebrity comedian. I have. Yes. And he's going to talk to the celebrity comedian. We're going to learn about the celebrity comedian. And then celebrity comedian will do the countdown. And when that comedian says go... Press go, and we'll start the movie. I haven't listened to this, but it's probably one of my favorites. Take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Vin Baker. Welcome, Vin. Oh, guys, you're too nice. Now, Vin, you and I are out there in the comedy scene. We're bumping into each other at shows and most of the time at open mics. Now, I think you're relatively new to comedy. Tell me how long you've been doing this and especially what you got, what started you off? Oh, uh, I'm just basically hitting my year and a half mark right around there. Wow. Um, so, yes, definitely new to comedy. Um, what started me off in comedy, I've always loved it. Always been incredibly interested in it. Always has, I've consumed it since I was a child. And I've always been that kid that I would get in trouble from teachers because they would yell at me because, <laughs> you know, I just love making people laugh. It was, it was my thing. Um, this is the typical comedian story. I was, a, I was a fan. I was always the class clown. I wanted to get into it. But what actually made you, I don't know, go to an open mic or step in front of a mic for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. So what made me do that is because I always wanted to do it, but I never had the balls. That was that was the the reality of it, and um, Carl, I'll be honest with you, I I put myself out there for a girl and it didn't work out. 
Okay. Okay. And, uh, You've been there before. Yeah. You know, and I sat there and I said, you know, I feel like crap right now. And if I could sit there and feel like this, I can go up on a mic and bomb and be fine. Okay. Okay. And then that's when I took the, I, I started with a uh, chips class. Okay. So you took the class at the comedy cove with Chip Ambrosio. Correct. And that is what, okay. So did you do any comedy before that show? Did you go to an Carl, open I think Michael? I lost you. Carl, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you are. You disappeared for a second. You're back. So, was that the first time you ever did any comedy, was going to the show and learning? Or did you, like, try an open mic before you signed up? No, so actually, I was researching open mics. I was researching, um, like, comedy clubs in the area, and Scotty's came up. Mm -hmm. And then right there in the corner, it said, comedy class. And uh, I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, why not? You know, okay. I... So I clicked it, and uh, I didn't even know until the first session that it ended with a live show. Oh, okay. And now it's a bringer. Did you bring people? I did bring people. I did bring people. <laughs> okay, so who were you in the class with that you're now still friends with, like PJ or John Greer or somebody? Were you in the class with somebody who I associate you with today? No, everyone from the class is, uh, they haven't continued. Okay. And so you met those guys at Scotty's Open Mic? Yes. So I met PJ at, uh, at Scotty's and John Greer I met at, uh, Tommy Fox's, one of the shows. Tommy Fox. That's a show that Chip always does. Uh, what is that town? Uh, Lynnhurst. Uh... It's, uh, uh, Bergenfield, I think. Bergenfield. Okay. Yeah. That's a popular show and he rotates people through there. I've had the pleasure to do it once or twice. So you, did you come to the table already with some material or some premises in mind? Cause I know Chip's yeah. all about the writing. Yes. I, um, Essentially, my first set that I ever wrote was just like stories that I've accumulated over time and that I, I knew they were funny because I always told them to people. And then it just came down to I've never sat there for 10 minutes and told just stories back to back. So I was like, all right, now I have to loop them together. How can gotcha, I make it gotcha. flow? So you did come to the table with something and Chip made it all work. Yeah, Chip is uh, he's great. Honestly, I love him. Yeah. Okay, so a year and a half, and already you're skyrocketing. You've got funny material, and you're working in this production company, Renegade Comedy Productions. I think you got two shows already completed in June. Tell me about Renegade Comedy Productions. How did it start, and what's this all about? So Renegade started, um, I, I was just sitting there, and uh, I, lo I, I loved going to shows, and um you know, there are some people that, like, John Greer puts on a perfect show. Like, everything from start to finish, he's just so organized with it. And then I've had people where, you know, Carl, you could probably attest to this, where it doesn't feel as organized. Mm -hmm. um, and I just really wanted to get involved with that. I wanted, uh -huh. to, I wanted to see what it felt like behind the scenes of it all. Because I love going up on stage and talking, but also at the same time, like, you know, I'm newer to this, and there's a yeah. lot of people that um, have been doing it for uh, quite some time, and I have a lot to learn from them. So I want to be able to sit there and just watch them do their thing. So um, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, maybe I'll start putting on a show. Maybe, maybe, maybe that'll be uh, the new thing for me. Maybe that's what I want to start to do in 2023, 2024. 
And uh, 2023 started with me actually doing the fundraiser show for my father. Um, okay. It's really funny. I worked with Chip on that. So I Wait, what, what's, is something's wrong with your dad? So he has an issue? or Yeah, my dad has stage four lung cancer. And he started, oh. uh, when he found out he was um, no longer going to be here, when oh. he got the terminal uh, diagnosis, he said, instead of just like sitting there and not doing anything, he decided, I'm going to help people. So he started collecting cereal for um, people in need who are hungry, homeless, because it's a food that just doesn't go bad. Right. It so um, he collected like, it was like 1,500 cereal boxes. Then he hit 2,000. And I was sitting there and I'm like, here you are doing comedy shows. You should do a fundraiser, Ben. So I talked to him and he was 100% about it. Uh-huh. And then on New Year's Eve of 2020 turning into 2023 right he ended up in the hospital and we didn't know if he was going to make the weekend or not oh okay and lo and behold he fought through he's a fighter he got through and i'm like all right you've been thinking about this now i have to i now have to do action i have to make this show happen mm -hmm. so i didn't know how to do that though so i called chip because that's always like my go-to person sure. to do something in comedy and chip said give me give me a day give me one day and we'll have we'll have venues and literally the next day he messaged me and he said, we have this place, this place, this place, this date, this date, this date. Wow. And we landed on, I think it was, um, actually I have the poster right here because I'm going to frame it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we ended up Valley Burger and Brew. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was on the 27th of uh, January. We did the Valley show. Valley Burger and Brew. Yeah, what that's a that's in New York. That's uh, uh, Rivervale, New Jersey. River. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, I did that show with Chip. Uh, Chip helped me out a lot, and we ended up. Uh, you know, it was a fundraiser. They're they're easy to sell out, but nonetheless, we sold it out. So yeah. that was a great feeling. Um, and that kind of solidified. I was like, all right, I want to I want to take that next step. I want to be behind the scenes. And then um, here we are now. I was I've been trying to think of, you know, like different things to do. I want to try to make it fun. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but we yes, uh, we just finished our first two shows. We had um, a show on June eighth and June seventeenth, both both close together. But uh, it yeah. was a challenge. It's definitely a challenge having them so close together. But uh, it was fun nonetheless. And Vin, you get to book people. You're a kingmaker. You're a kingmaker, right? People are coming uh, to you. Go Carl, to I don't want to brag or nothing. You know, <laughs> a celebrity comedian. <laughs> okay, now there's also some stuff going on on YouTube. There's an existing show you're going to join. It's Broke Ass Sketch Show. Tell yes. me about this. Who's your partner in this? I think the, it's the second season. Yes. Tell me about second this season one. coming out. Um, Broke Ass Sketch Show. My partner in it is Jake Nemez. Uh -huh. um, Broke Ass Sketch Show. It's honestly it's craziness. It's you know it goes from topic to topic. Uh, they're celebrities, but they're not real celebrities. We're, you know, we're making fun of celebrities, you know, uh, changing their names. You'll know who they are. Um, and what we what we did was, you know, we were looking at the first season of Broke Ass, and we said, you know, what can we do to make it bigger, make it better, just more fun? And now we're sitting here because it started in the pandemic. That's when Jake was just in his in his apartment talking to himself. Gotcha. He's insane. <laughs> um, and uh, him and I were talking. And I said, "All right, well, let's get more comedians involved, right? We have we have a whole source of them now, yeah. right? You're doing stand up. I'm doing stand up. We know people. Some people are interested. Some people not so much. Some people are just interested in the writing side of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, so we're 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 forming a team for season two, and uh, it's really really exciting. We got some really cool ideas. Um, 
and uh, they should be uh, getting released soon, uh, slow and steadily. So this is already on YouTube. Is that the name of the channel? Broke yeah, it's Broke Ass Sketch, Sketch Show. Yep, okay, you so can see Jake. Uh, as I said, he's just in his apartment, um, being crazy. So you recommend waiting for season two, right? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, season two is going to be astronomically better because Vin Baker's involved. No, I'm totally Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, Vin Baker. Everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. That's what you're here for, Vin. So why don't you go ahead and give us that... Celebrity Comedian Countdown. All right, I'm ready for this. I'm prepared. Oh. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian. For that Celebrity Comedian Countdown, we're starting the movie in kind of polarized footage. This is a movie by Mats Helge. Olsen is his full name. He is a prolific director. He hasn't directed anything since 92. But he's still alive. He was born in Sweden in the 50s. And he made a series of movies. This is Dag. Come on. Face to face. You got that 80s upbeat music. Right. So it's numb, I guess. It looks like now. That's AR Hellquest is one of the guys. You can't miss him. So we have a theme song by Dag. This guy Dag wrote Hot hotline miami 2 the theme music for the video game but mm-hmm. back in the 80s he did the music and this director he knows he's like a perfect butcher you know tail the snout no footage not reused so we're <laughs> seeing footages from this movie we're actually watching the last 20 minutes of the film uh-huh. but has special effects it's a little polarized solarized polarized yeah. solarized while this music go ahead crank up the song for a sec Yeah, you know, it's funny you should mention Vietnam because there's going to be a speech where Carradine turns to one of his commanders and he's like, they didn't respect us in that because we volunteered. Oh, no. So this is definitely a hatred movie. And there's no Wait, there we go. Here we go. We're going face to face. <laughs> I thought I had paused the movie because it pauses itself, and I thought right. I made a mistake. So we might be one millisecond behind. Uh, Happy to restart, girl. Yeah. No. All right. I like this music, Dag. Dag, it's good. Well, yeah, he uh, he did it with another guy. Uh, I have the music. It is written. God. This song is by Dag Unering, he uh, and co-written by uh, Peter Oz. So there you go. All right, let's start this movie. We start off, you know, any, you know, anything is more entertaining is slow motion, Carl. Yes. So a lot of this uh, action will just be slow motion shots of people getting hurt, and that's right. going to count as drama. So we start right off at Devil's Rock, which is a U.S. military base. Oh, my goodness, this is shot horribly, horribly. Well, Carl, I want to bring up Fish Burgers, the public access TV show we shot in late late 80s, early 90s. Yes. We had better quality. I swear to God. The thing is that we had a VHS, 
it was cable access. We had no lights, no director, no, well, I guess I directed, but you know what I mean? Like, we're right, just no really director. shooting. They've got budget and stars. They've got a Carradine. Well, they use this Carradine like a good butcher. He worked with uh, this director, a Swedish director, in like three or four films, all shot at once with the same actor. All these actors you see, that Beardo guy, uh, so friends, carries them out. Uh, not friends, but... Oh, wait, he worked yeah. collaborators. He worked. He shows up. By the way, he shows up in the first half of this movie holding a drink. If that <laughs> kind of helps out, thanks. So look, woo 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 woo. Couple guards dead. This is Devil's oh, Rock. No. This is a secret military U.S. military beast base located somewhere in Sweden. Uh oh. Ah, I, think... I interrupted you before. It was Sweden. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. What's there's someone out there. Someone escaped. We got to so call. So it's after Nam now, and and he was. Yeah. He'll be rem. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Are we in the eighties or? Yeah. This is the eighties. Now, by the way, I don't know if the word "stolen valor, valor" means anything to you. Everyone okay. is wearing a different uniform. Look at all the pins he's got. Badges. Yeah, he's like, really highly decorated. Like Swarm, Norm, Storming Norm Schwarzkopf didn't have as many badges or whatever <laughs> medals. So, yeah, they're all wearing different outfits, different uniforms throughout this entire movie. They're all playing soldier in this film. It's ridiculous. Look, there's mm -hmm. Kenny Loggins. Someone called him Kenny Loggins on the internet, and I agree. <laughs> Rogers. Now, he's the best. So they all have American names like Benderson or Digadung or whatever. Yeah. So basically, it's not really established, but Carradine is the villain throughout this movie. And wow, he runs he's not secret... the hero. He's the villain. No. He's the villain. So we start off with the villain's lair. And basically, he has a biochemical experimental lab that the U.S. government has in some Scottish okay, castle wait, so, in Sweden. So those guys aren't military people. They are or they're ex, but they work for Carradine as the bad guy. Right. But Carradine is military. He's Colonel Whittemore or whatever. So they're all U.S. military. But they, they're experimenting on animals and may I say maybe even humans. That's so. Cool. And they've been taking money from the government. Big because of their points. paychecks? Well, the experiments cost millions of dollars. So they have like millions of dollars lying around. Okay, wait, now. wait, wait, wait. So they're yeah. funded by the government. The government yep. doesn't know they're bad guys. Right. But Congress has a whiff of it. And Congress wants to stop their experiments. Now, are they right now, this second, in the military or no? They're out of the military and they're contracted with the military. No, they're the military, but they're ah. in a Swedish base, and they're okay. doing awful experiments on animals and humans. Okay. And the government, Congress wants to shut it down. And not only that, there's two other adversaries that we're going to be introduced to in this movie, and I okay. guess they are the heroes. So PETA, PETA, pet, you know, I never pet a, you know, it, my humor is about animals and uh, breaking the fourth wall. People say <laughs> I, I have a PETA humor, but... uh <laughs> <laughs> anyway so thank you for that joke it, yes i am talking yes i'm responding so that they really <laughs> good economy of this film so the cia is going to call lomax to to investigate and find the money and not only that they're going to bring this kurt russell looking like a motherfucker uh, -huh. uh who i think he's cia or something like so cia and fbi are going to come and try to infiltrate this but they are not the only infiltrators there's also a group of animal protector ah animal protectors no 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 did you say the plural 
Uh, animal, sorry, protector. animal protector. Right. Not <laughs> animal. You could go blast it. Not animals protector or animal protectors. Animal protector. It, so oh, that these, is Kurt Russell looking guy. Yeah. His name is A.R. Hellquest. I think it's Anders is his first name. And he, listen, I researched, I, I basically went through, I watched a little doc on, on Carradine, but basically I just went through IMDb and Wiki because mm-hmm. nothing really pops out. This guy, Matt Helge, he worked with the co-director, the co-writer and him worked together. They're both Swedish directors and producers and writers, and they've all worked together. This is co-written by Anders Nielsen, and he's actually in IMDb. He's listed as the uncredited director of Helge's Russian Terminator movie, okay. and he also worked with Matt. He co-directed Fatal Secret. Now, Fatal Russian Secret has Terminator David- movie, so it's like he's an android or a 